Hello, and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast, a show that shares stories from passionate people living life on their own terms, and one that reminds us how life's failures and struggles are just the plot twists needed in our own personal stories to help us get to where we were meant to be. I'm your host, MJ Doherty. Have you ever been in the situation where you meet someone and you immediately connect with them? It feels like you've known them forever and they just make you feel good. I tend to think it's usually because that person has a great attitude and it helps them to shine. Your attitude in life really does speak volumes to those around you. It can either attract people or repel people from you. It also plays a huge part in successes and failures in life. A good attitude can help guide you through failures and make it so much less impactful. It can also steer you towards success and great people. Actor Sosie Bacon, now she has one great attitude. From understanding where she came from to having complete commitment to where she is going, Sosie navigates through life with an honest, genuine, thoughtful, and optimistic attitude. From that first hug, I knew that this is someone I wanted in my world because she just makes you feel good. I'm going to guess that it is this quality that is helping her with all her successes. Okay, to be honest, pinning this woman down was very, very hard because she is busy, but I am so glad to have her here. Sosie, welcome. Thank you. So glad I finally got you. You are quite the busy person these days, huh? (laughs) Wait, can I just say something before we start? I can't believe you haven't gotten a parking ticket and you've been here for Uh, seven. No, I'm actually mad. Like, I think you should pay the city. (laughs) Like, it's not fair. What do you just not? Like, how does that work? I am just so (laughs) adamant that I am not going to get a parking ticket because they're, let's face it, they're ridiculously expensive here. Oh, my God. My friend got a parking ticket for parking next to the park and non-metered just, you know, it was like two hour or whatever. And we came back two hours and 15 minutes. It was $116. (laughs) No, that's It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it is a very big badge of honor for me. I have not gotten a parking ticket in seven years in L.A. Okay. All right. Stop. Okay. So um, that's so thank you. I can tell now that you have listened to my podcast. And that makes me happy because lots of people come in. They've never listened to my podcast, haven't Googled me, haven't read the book. And they they sit there and they start telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. Or, oh, that's exactly what I talked about last week. Yeah. (laughs) No, I have. I love it. But But I'm. It's annoying that you haven't gotten one. Yeah, well, you know, just try. Just you have to be vigilant because, you know, I want my money to stay in my pocket. All right. So, Sosie, first thing I'm going to ask you is, Sosie, tell me about your name. It's such an interesting, cool name. Oh, so this is actually a good story. Um, so my parents, when they had me and my brother, they um, the way that they named us is that normally, I mean, I guess twice, they were working while my mom was pregnant. On separate things. And um, they would just go down the call sheet and just choose a name that they liked. Hilarious. (laughs) So my brother's name is Travis. Right. And um, I believe he was a transpo guy, um, which kind (laughs) of makes sense. Transportation. That means the person that's driving people around on set. Yeah. Um, And then Sosi is an Armenian name. And, um, you know, in L.A., there's a big Armenian community. And I – and – she was a, like an art director on one of their movies. And the reason why it gets interesting is because – so anyways, they named me after her. Right. It's Armenian. It means evergreen. It, that's my full name. Such Everyone a great name. Like, it's really you. cool. Thank you. And sometimes you say that when it's just an, an unusual name just because you want to point it out, but you don't really mean it. I really mean it. Oh. I love that name. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not just like giving you lip service. No, so. because oftentimes I'm like, do you really like it? People are like, oh, that's an interesting name. Is it short for anything? I'm like – Okay, so you want it to be different. Right. But it no, just, I it love is it. I think it it's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. And it's also a very, I mean, I don't know you well, but it's very fitting to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like it. 
So, but the funny part about it is that I went, I was in college, you know, when, when I turned eight, 18 years after I was born, obviously. And <laughs> we, we know that I have a little problem with numbers. Anyways, so this girl came up to me in this dorm um, where a bunch of the freshmen lived, and she was like, hey, you're named after my aunt. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> um, are you kidding me? Yeah, I was like, mm, Do you know who no, I am? I don't think so. <laughs> like, I was just so like, no, I'm not. And she was like, no, you are. Like, my aunt was the art director on the movie that your parents did when you were when your mom was pregnant with you. And I swear wow. this family has somehow followed me around my whole life. Like, when I was 20... I was in an acting uh, class with her do- with her actual daughter. Did you watch Ozarks? I just saw the pilot. Okay, so you know the daughter? Yeah. Her name is Sophie Hublitz, and she is Sophie's daughter. Get Sophie, out. my namesake. That's that's really cool. It's just so weird. And she's like, really good in that, by the way. Yeah, she's great. That pilot, oh I know. my God, it's not insane. what I expected. <laughs> totally insane, and it's actually such a good show, and she's really good. Wow, and it's just, interesting. It's, it's just this, what a small, weird world. I know, I know. I went from like college to then being out here to just this, and I'm friends with her on Facebook. Like, you know. All right, so you're gonna end up doing something amazing with this family because you guys keep coming in contact with each other. It so. has to happen. Yeah, very cool. Well, so you know, I usually start with you know, tell me about your background, tell me where you're from, blah blah blah. But I'm gonna do it a little bit different today because we're just gonna go right to the question that I'm sure annoys you constantly. But your parents, so you are kind of, um, you, you stem from two of the most famous people that everybody knows in the world. So, um, obviously, we can start with telling us who your parents are, and then and then tell us about who you are, where you're from, your background, growing up, all that jazz. Wait, I have to say it. Can you say it? Okay, I so hate saying it. obviously, uh, Kira Sedwig and uh, Kevin Bacon are her parents. So not just one famous person, two famous people, and not just like, oh, I kind of know who they are, but everybody knows who they are. Um, I mean, I want to ask you about growing up and all that stuff, but I just have questions about that that I'm sure you get asked all the time. What is it like to be to grow up with parents that everybody knows? And you know, in my book and what I do across the country and. I always talk about perspective, how perspective is so interesting because what one reality is to someone, to someone, somebody different, something different. So in my book, I say, you know, the problems that I went through were awful for me, but other people may read this and say, so what? Because they don't think it's a big deal. I'm so interested to see what it's like for you to grow up the way you did, because for you, it's just what you know. It's normal. Most people will look at that and be like, oh my gosh, you know, like your, your parents are famous. You must have the most amazing life. But maybe you look at it and go, yeah, I was all right. But seriously, sometimes it was really annoying. So tell me about it. What's it like having uber famous parents? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like in the sense that in the things that were different about it than life was for other kids my age was, you know, that obviously we got recognize they got recognized a lot in public and people knew who they were and maybe I got certain comments as a kid in school that other people wouldn't get um and I you know I traveled a good amount I spent a lot of time on sets but I have to say it was fairly normal because I lived in New York City all my friends parents did something completely different they most of them were like in finance. So nobody really cared that much because it wasn't like this uber exciting thing. First of all, 
kids that you grew I, I grew up with these people my whole life. Right. So they knew me my whole life. So my friends, it wasn't like this, oh my God, it's so exciting to hear that. They have no idea who Kevin Bacon is. They're like right. five. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Like maybe maybe they'd be like, Oh, I saw your dad on TV and it'd be like, Cool, like let's play jacks. Like it really was not it. It really wasn't if that If you were exciting. playing Jax in 1997, because that's when you were five, I'm good at math, <laughs> um, then you really had an interesting and special <laughs> childhood. <laughs> was just so How strange. you went to Jax? Wow. You have a fascinating brain. <laughs> what? I love Jax. We played it all. Like Jax, like... Like you pick up the ball and you throw so them? So much fun. I, I don't even think I've ever played it that game. It was a big thing in my middle school. Wow. Did you go to like Mayberry Elementary <laughs> School? <laughs> no, I like I went to like very, very high intensity, like academic private schools in Manhattan. So we did Jacks. No. All right. Well, all right. Moving on from Jacks. <laughs> I just that just threw me off. <laughs> um. So like, yeah, I mean, as someone growing up, it really it really didn't feel that out of the ordinary to me, to be honest. I think the things that were different about it were that. When we would, you know, go to different places. New York, nobody cares. No one cares. No one yeah. will come up with Just up like to here, you. no yeah. one cares. No, no we one. We don't care. Exactly. And right. and honestly, nobody wants to seem like they care, so they really won't come up right. to you. Right. You know? When you go to different places, different states, and different countries, it's really kind of, like, stressful and hard because it's, like, you can't really get through much of the day without being bothered. Right. I mean, obviously not me. That's the other thing, like, there's a lot of people, while my parents seem to be super famous, which obviously they are, there's a lot of people where it's, like, very different. Like, if your dad is, like, Will Smith, I think it's really different because they were famous. The kids were famous. Right. From when they were little. Like, I wasn't. Right. Like, me and my brother, nobody knows who we are. I mean, people still watch 13 Reasons Why and don't put it together. Oh, uh, well, okay, yeah, that's true. Although I will say, I was speaking at my high school on Friday and I brought up the podcast and said how you were going to be a guest, and the kids kind of freaked out. So they know who you are. Oh wow! You're uh, you're you're kind of famous now. So right, like now because yeah, right, like to teenagers now because I was on the show. But if you think about it, like like I I wasn't famous. I think that's a huge distinction to make. Yeah, they were famous. Right. I wasn't famous. You know what I mean? Right. But it must have been weird as a kid, like to see your parents have like people going nuts over your parents, and you're like, "Uh, mom, I'm hungry. Like, mm -hmm. like stop it. You know, dad, hello. I'm trying to do something. Focus on me." Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it was a lot. I think it was hard, maybe when the attention was really taken away from you. Yeah. Um. And like there was, there's been times where I'm like crying to my dad at dinner, and like someone comes up, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm invisible, right? I'm like, crying, hello. tears on my face, hello. <laughs> like we're Rude. talking about something, you know what I mean? But like yeah. the truth is, like yes, that and that can be painful for sure. But um, I also don't think I also don't, and I I don't like it when I also want to acknowledge how much good and how great it was and right. that I never wanted for anything. And I, I'm, you know, I'm privileged in that way. I got everything that I, that I needed, that I wanted. I grew up with money, like all those things where I'm like, I don't want to, I never want to like ignore that in talking about like the hard stuff. Right. Because I'm so lucky. You know what I mean? And, and that's what makes you so special. I mean, honestly, like you have this purity and this quality of real to you. 
And I love that you said that because, you know, most people not take away the famous part. Most people that come from a well-off environment don't want to give that any like credit to who they are. They want to downplay it because they want they don't want they, they want to feel like everything they've done is because of them and their totally. struggles and blah, blah, blah. And that's why I think that that's a huge problem, like, in our society, I think. Because people with privilege, like, it's invisible to them. And right. they don't want to acknowledge it. And that's really causes a lot of problems. People with, like, white privilege, with straight privilege, with thin privilege. Like, all yeah. these things that are, like... I mean, my thin privilege, it's like, <laughs> I walk down the streets in Hollywood and people look at me and go, man, <laughs> you don't even know what it's like because you're so thin and perfect. I mean... No, oh, oh, wait, saying. no, that's it's only in my head. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm saying, I mean, we could get into, I, whatever, I'm like a, I'm, I'm like a activist for all body types. But anyways, we can get into this later. Right. Point being, I find it to be frustrating when people with parents that are celebrities don't acknowledge that like, hello, it's helped you. Don't. Just don't. Right. I can get into the nuances of the ways it's helped me and the ways it hasn't. But like, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. Like you have to admit that that's a part of why you're successful. And right. I don't, I find it frustrating when people don't do that. So I try to do it overboard. <laughs> well, I mean, and even maybe not a part of why you're successful, because there's a lot of people that have famous parents who are not successful. Yeah, that's true. But you're acknowledging that it certainly led you to have a pretty decent life. Whereas other people may have not had the same stuff that you had because their circumstances were different. A hundred percent. Just from meeting you and hearing you talk, whatever, it makes me in this quick, you know, 10 minutes so far that we've talked, it makes me think about your parents already as completely different people because they clearly are people who have themselves together because of how they raised you guys. Mm-hmm. And so your your attitude and your personality is reflecting back on them so much and making me even think more highly of them than I did. So so that's pretty cool. All right, so I see how that as a kid it wouldn't be a big deal. What was it like going to college? And and then what is it like now as an actress? And I mean, you're doing you're doing real things, you know? Do you ever get this whole like, "Oh, I don't want people to think it's because of who I am" or is that ever on your radar? Or but the thing is like you're super talented and you know that. So, you know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different stages of it because it's like the way it was when it was little, the way it was in college. Like I do, I did have a certain degree. I have, I have a super high bullshit meter. I get nervous that people want to start wanting to be friends with me because of something, because of who my parents are. But and it's then, so funny. Like in college, like what are the things going to happen? Like know, right? they're going to be friends with you. And then all of a sudden your mom or dad are going to be like, we're besties. Yeah, like, that's the thing. <laughs> so and I bizarre. Think very quickly. Like when I meet people, they're like, oh yeah, like she's not about that. Like, I don't think that's really going to work. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? funny. And if, and if someone's like gross like that, like I just won't be friends with them. Like it's right. fine, you know? Yeah. And you know, there's of course the like, random annoying thing like everybody like freaking out when like loose <laughs> comes on in the bar like you know what i mean there's like the irritating like oh moment. i never even thought about that and the people just like like, like flood, flood to you and they're like oh my like god picking me up and i'm like ah. and you're like i wasn't in this movie and i probably actually hate it yeah, exactly. <laughs> because exactly. that's awkward right that's exactly. funny i never even thought about that but you know fine like Let's just college. We can just graze over that because that was just terrible. I left after two years and I came out here. Um, And then there's like the whole 
situation of what it's like for me in this business. And yeah. I would say, like, again, I want to say, I acknowledge the fact that it helped me. When I was in, when I was like 16, uh, my mom was doing The Closer, and um, James Duff, who created it, actually came to me aside, apart from my mom and asked me, like, if I wrote an arc for you to play over the summer, would you do it? Right. Okay. So that's super lucky. Like, yes, that's, that's tight. Amazing. You know, and like, obviously he saw something in me and he liked my acting because I had done something else before. But like, who has that opportunity? I mean, and again, like, it's not like my mom like paid him. Right. You know, like, it's not like she like, she didn't even know about it. She was actually like super pissed at him for asking me that. <laughs> back. But I agreed to it and I did those, those four episodes and they were a good showcase for me once I got out here. Yeah. People could watch my, my reel. I already had one. It wasn't hard for me to get an agent and a manager. Right. And these are these are things that are, you know, partially because of my parents. Right. So again, like acknowledging the fact that like, this is my privilege, but realizing also that, that, you know, you got that because of your parents, but then you had to bring something to the table or it would have gone nowhere. Right. And like, we've all seen celebrity children who try to do stuff and you're like, Oh God, Oh, please just stop. Oh, poor thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. And I will say, I just want to say also, like, that's the thing that I struggle with is that, like, I know so many talented people that can't get an agent. And I, that's what hurts me. And that's why I try to, like, right, like, pay it forward and, like, set people up with people I know and, like, really try because I'm like, that came easy to me. And that's a, that's almost the biggest hurdle to get over. Yeah. Because if you're talented and you're auditioning every day, chances are you're going to get something. Yeah. And if you don't have the opportunity to audition today, every day, chances are you won't. Right. So that's for me. That's the that's the type of thing that I'm like. I don't feel. That's the a little bit of a hurdle I have to get over in terms of like feeling guilty about that piece of it. Right. But I also will say nobody's gonna give you a job because your dad's Kevin Bacon. <laughs> right. They don't care. No. No. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Again, I'm not famous, so I don't. I I had like a thousand Instagram followers. You right. know, I I'm not like. I, I wasn't a celebrity. I was just a person coming in for acting whose name maybe put me on like the, oh, wow, this is interesting. I'm excited to see what she does. Right. Hopefully she's not terrible. And I, I mean, I grinded. I was not, I mean, failure. Like, I did not know how to audition. I right. had no idea. My parents didn't like bestow some like gift upon me. Like I still had to work my ass off. Yeah, like, like everybody I, else. Like everybody else. Like I had no idea. And like I hadn't been working for 10 years. And then, you know what I mean? Like it was brand new. And I had a, I mean, we can get into the failures that I learned something from. Well, we will. Well, we will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, no one, they'll give you a job because you're right for it, because you killed the audition, because yeah. you're what they were picturing. Right. But they won't give you a job. Yeah. So, but here's the flip side of it, which is actually the thing I wondered the most. Mm-hmm. Do you think sometimes it hurts you? Because when they know who you are and you walk in, they already have this whole concept of who you are in their head. So do you think it's a hurdle that you actually have to like work even harder and make sure you nail it so much because people are expecting you to be something without even knowing you? Yeah. Well, or did I just put that in your head? No, no, not at all. No. I mean, I've definitely thought about it. I mean... I, it's a lot of pressure yeah. because you don't want to be the bad 
like bacon. The right. Bad bacon. The bad bacon. <laughs> dun, dun, hashtag bad bacon. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting it. It's viral. It's viral. Um, you know, you just don't, you don't want to be like, ooh, she's not good. Like I just said, like, yeah. oh, poor thing. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Yeah, do another one and like, then quit. Good right. try. Like that's my biggest fear, of course. And I mean, I think a part of it is knowing deep down that I have something that's so different from both of them. Yeah. And, you know, but I do think I need to work really hard. Like I need to work so hard because I cannot fall short. Like it looks really bad. If I don't, if I'm not prepared, if I don't have, and that's why my, my failures have felt so bad because I'm like, Oh wow. Like maybe I'm just not as good and I'm going to be like the sad one. You know what I mean? And that's, <laughs> well, so it's terrifying. And, and that, yeah. And I was thinking about that and I guess, um, <laughs> I think where my brain went was it's going to be an exasperated result. So if you come in and you do amazing and blow them away, they're going to be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Look at this family and and how talented they are. Mm -hmm. And if you don't quite hit the mark, it's not going to be like, oh, well, she was having an off day or whatever. Be like, oh, oh, man, look at that. Like that was embarrassed. Like totally. that's pressure that most people don't have to go through. So, yeah. again, it's, you know perspective right mm -hmm. we have these things in our life and we have to deal with them the way they are yeah. and you do the best you can to to make the best of everything yeah. so definitely having you know famous parents i'm sure has been a wild ride and as you said there's been most mostly positives yeah right? and i guess like one more negative that i would point out is that people kind of assume that you're going to be an asshole and you have to work really hard to change their opinion because a lot of people, and this is my whole life. This yeah. is not just in this business. A lot of people are like, okay, so she's going to be a spoiled brat who doesn't understand anything about the real world and right. she's going to suck. So I have to, I do feel this like responsibility, this like people pleasing like thing of like, no, see, I'm cool. I'm nice. Yeah. I'm down to earth. Exactly, Look at me. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I need, I think I need to just like let that go a little bit because it's like, Come on. I get it in a very uh, different way. So when I was in my 20s, I spent an enormous time in Europe and traveling around the world. And the 2000s weren't a great time to be American while traveling. It's worse now. Yeah. But it back then, you know, we thought it was as bad as it could get. Um, I felt such a responsibility to be the best human being I could be because I felt like I was representing like the United States right. and like I had to show people that like we're really good people that you're just getting filtered information from, you know? So I get that feeling of like responsibility that you feel like you have to be the face of like kids of, you know, famous people to show that like, no, I'm normal and I'm nice and I'm down to earth and, and I don't have, I'm not the way that you think I'm going to be. Totally. And I mean, I, I think that it's like also sort of funny how it, not not specifically to gender, but specifically to the type of person you are. Because, like, I think about my dad, and it's like, he's so well-respected in this industry. People love him. But, like, he doesn't always feel like he has to be, like, so nice. You know right. what I mean? Like, all the time. And I'm kind of like, okay, like, I should emulate that, you right. know? And my mom, too, like, she's a badass, but she's not always, like, falling over herself trying to be nice to everybody. You right. know what I mean? She's Well, good you be person, nice but... when it's warranted, and you be a dick when it's warranted. Yes, I mean, right. that's a thing. It's like you behave the way you're supposed to behave. Right. That's appropriate for the situation. Exactly. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'm a people pleaser by birth. I was, Same. I, yeah, grew up just 
all my life was about was making sure that I was the sum of all parts to everybody else. And that screwed me up so bad. And it's why I had all the issues that I had. And now I just try to like realize whatever I'm feeling or whatever my reactions are, make sure they're not extreme, but make sure they're appropriate. You know, if someone is wronging me or doing something wrong, don't smile and, and, and try to downplay it and then walk away and go cry in the car, totally. which is what I did my whole life. Be like, whoa, no, 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 no. I just always wanted to be this nice guy or whatever. And that just that isn't always appropriate. Sometimes you have to do what's right for you. Totally. And I that's what I like. I know you're trying to ask another question, but I, I love about your podcast. Like, that's a theme. Like, you kind of talk about the growth that you've had in that way of like, you know what? No, I have to take care of myself before anybody else. And that is a huge hurdle that a lot of people have to get over. And it's so relatable. So that's why it's I love listening to it because it's sort of like that reminder from you and a lot of your guests well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And that's the point. I mean, and even with all this, I still have people that'll say to me, well, I really don't like how you say it, like you should be selfish because I don't think selfish is right. Oh, my God. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you're not hearing me. I'm saying be selfish by doing the things that you need to do for you um, to take care of yourself so you can be the best you for yourself, your everybody else, the world around you. Right. And again, it's going to be better for everybody else. Everybody. It just long-term. doesn't, might not seem like it because somebody pushes against it, but that's another hurdle to get over is like when someone pushes against it, like don't falter because, and my therapist, my therapist is always like, (laughs) everyone knows I love therapy. I have three chapters devoted to therapy. (laughs) I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't be like where I am without it, but she's always like, okay, so a lot of times with like your partner, it goes really well. And he like really does respond well to you making your boundaries, but he's really loves you and really supports you. That's not always going to happen. Right. You know? And, Your real work is keeping on going with it when it doesn't happen. And I'll tell you, it's hard. So I had someone that I employed to help me with my book. And, you know, I I don't want to give any clues to who it may be. Yeah. But this person ended up being not the type of person I wanted to work with or I wanted associated with me because they just weren't they weren't. Well, they weren't very nice and they weren't very honest and they kind of went against everything that I believe in. And they were also a person that was very, um, well, they had a short, they have a very short wick and they go off and they go off and they're crazy. I mean, I just don't say they're crazy. So when I decided I have to cut this off, I knew that it was not going to be a good situation and they were going to go crazy and probably try to hurt me in any way they possibly could. But I also knew that I had to stand up for myself and what was right for me and what I believed in. So I stood my ground and it was awful. It was awful. And this person still is trying to like affect my life and my world. But the longer it goes on, the more people notice how crazy that person is. And, 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 and the more they respect what how I how, how I stood my ground. But it's hard when people when you're doing what's right for you and people respond well, that's the easy part. Right, like it's tight. <laughs> right. It's when they start to push back that it's hard. And the more you start to really stand your ground and do what's right for you, the more people will start to push back because they want they want you to fold. Mm-hmm. They want you to fail. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want you to fail. And it's it makes it even more important for you to hold your ground and keep going. So right. it's it's very true. Yeah. And once you do that for a long enough time, 
you know, people will know. Yeah, and they'll they will know. <laughs> and one of the things that I've, I've realized that I'm really actually proud of, and this, you know, recently came up. I think I talked about last week on the podcast, um, you know, someone who was in my life who I didn't know very long, but I was really getting along with. Um, something happened in their life, and I didn't react to it the way they hoped I would because I was busy, and they hate me now and cut me out. This used – I would have been devastated about this before. But now I'm kind of like, ugh. You got issues. Like, I mean, totally. I was just busy. Like, my life isn't all about you. And I've learned to adjust to that better and and not take things so personally. And that has been so freeing for me because now I don't fear as much as I used to the, like, repercussions from someone if I don't act a certain way or right. if I stand my ground. And that growth for me has been life-changing because I know it's small now, but if it gets bigger and bigger and I become more confident and confident, then I'm not going to have to avoid these things that take so much energy from me and I'm going to be able to live my life in a much more even way, which for me, the whole thing is, you know, don't let the highs be too high. Don't let the lows be low. Keep it in the middle. So, all right, we need to move on because that was way too much time, but even though I enjoyed everything and I have a (laughs) feeling that you're one of these people that I'm going to be able to talk to for hours. (laughs) All right, so... Okay, you are doing some great things right now. And uh, I did see that you went to Brown University for musical theater. That's not true. Oh, it's not true? (laughs) It's what it says online. I know, I know. It's so wrong. But I got excited because I was like, oh, I love musical theater. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love musical theater too, but. Okay, so, but you didn't, but you went to school to pursue acting. No. Okay, tell me about that then. So I I didn't This sounds like a fail. Is yeah. It a fail? Oh my God. It's such a fail. I okay. mean, if you fail want to alert, talk about fail, fail, fail. Yes. I think I've failed from like 18 to 24. Like that's, you know, oh, yeah. many, many oh, years. Oh, please. Eight, well, I would Still say failing, my but. failing, I don't think I could count my failures really till I was high school. So high school till 30. How old am I now? I'm not saying. I'm still failing. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, always. Every day. So um, I went after I, I went to Brown, I, I was like obsessed with getting into Brown. Like I think it was because of my schooling I'd gone to these private schools it was all this right. personal pressure and it is quite the school and my no my parents were like okay uh you can do whatever you <laughs> we want don't care. I guess yeah. you can go to brown I mean you're like working yourself to death like are are you okay are you sure you want to do this but you know academics were fine for me but not I, I wasn't this like person that just came supernaturally to I just I really had to work hard right and I had to work hard but that's boring anyways Point being, I went to Brown. I di- I was like, I'm not going to be an actor. I'm not going to follow in my in their footsteps because, by the way, you know, they it's it was really hard. It's really hard, and that was not lost on me. I was told that it was hard like every single day. So first of all, even for them, right? Even it's hard. For, oh my god, you have no idea. I mean, probably more. The oh, pressure yeah. and the stakes get so much higher the better you do. No matter, I'm telling you, no matter what, no matter how big you are, no matter how much money you have, it's still hard. Just doesn't matter. You still get rejected. That's just one thing Yay. that I've always <laughs> known. Yeah, and like I've always carried that about this. And I also wanted to do something different because I was like, I'm gonna be different. Right. So I went to college. It was a disaster. I was like way, way into drugs and drinking and partying, and I never went to class. And I, I took no oh, advantage. I of was that. so <laughs> good at college. I was terrible at class. Oh, terrible at class. Exactly. Like, who goes to college for class? No. I didn't go for college. No, for class. I did not go to class. I then I would spend, you know, three days snorting out or on the library to try to get my oh, stuff good. done. I mean, I was a total like a drinking, drugs, everything. Bad. A lot of darkness, not a happy time for me. 
And then I decided, okay, you know what? I, oh, I went into a musical theater program for the summer in New York okay. called Cap 21 because I went and saw Jesus Christ Superstar Love it. on Broadway. And I was like, I want to do this. Like, this is fun. So this fun. is what feeds me. Like, acting and playing and singing, that's what makes me happy. I'm not doing any of that at Brown. I'm not doing – so I went to Cap 21, this musical theater program in the city, over the summer, and I was like, okay – I figured it out. Like, I can be more happy and feel like I have something to get up for in the morning if I do this. So I went back to Brown, and I tried to join the theater program, and it just, they she they didn't feel like they really wanted me. It felt like a weird situation. I don't necessarily want to get into too much detail because I don't want to talk too badly about right. them. Right, yeah. But Thought about that. I, yeah, I had a bad experience having a meeting with someone there, and I, I literally put my dog and all my stuff in the car and I drove back to New York and I dropped out. Big, I don't know, a fail, a success. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was something, okay? Well, at the end of the podcast, I always ask this question. I'm going to ask it now. I always say, tell me about a failure in your life. Yes. And tell me how you feel about that failure now. So at the time when you left Brown, you were probably like, oh my God, I'm screwing up my life so much. What Mm -hmm. am I doing? But- you also knew that it was something you needed to do, right? Yes. So now when you look back at that time, do you have any reservations about it or are you glad are you so glad you did it? Oh my god, I'm I'm so glad that I did that everything that happened to me happened to me and everything that I did I did. Right. I really am because I I would not be here if right. it wasn't for and that. I would be 2 years behind where I am if I stayed at college for 2 years. And those opportunities that you had that make are making you who you are right now would have already passed. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's always, I don't believe in, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. I really, and I don't believe in regret, even though technically I have so many regrets. I don't believe in them because they all had to happen to be me, me who's sitting here today talking to you. Of course. And that's a great place to be. Um, so I really, I really get that. And, you know, I think it's really fascinating that you said that you went to go see Jesus Christ Superstar and you were like, this is what I, you know, this is what I should be doing because I'm not happy doing this other stuff. Well, I grew up my whole life singing, dancing, putting on shows. I was a singer. I don't remember. I can't remember talking. I can't remember any interaction with any human being. Like I can remember singing as a kid, watching music videos. Like that's what I remember. That's my brain. It's like music. And then somehow through fear of me being gay and people knowing mm-hmm. I didn't want to be involved in music. I got away from it in college and I ended up owning a bar and I thought I was so cool and I had everything I wanted because I owned a bar. Oh my God, you owned a bar. I, didn't know I did. That. Yeah. It was the complete opposite right. of, of everything that I am. And what happened? It ended up a disaster. It was a catastrophe. Right. So that showed me that that was not right for me. And then I come to LA and by, you know, the stars and moons aligning, I, poof, started getting work and things started falling in place doing acting and being on set and working in this world. Wow, how funny is that? Right. When I started doing something that was right for me, things kind of worked out. Exactly, and it's like, what? it's just interesting that, like, we we truly convince ourselves we convince. that we all push these back. things... Why Why can't I like being an, an intern at a law firm this summer? <laughs> I mean, why? If Elle Woods can so do it, how can stupid? I? Yeah. yeah, like, are you so stupid? Are you so worthless that you really can't find meaning in this? 
nah. Yeah. You just don't like it. It doesn't feed you. It doesn't make you happy. I'm so glad there are people that being a lawyer makes them happy and yeah. feeds them. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that someone who like is really into politics, like that feeds them. That's awesome. I, well, I mean, not, you know, not currently. <laughs> not currently. People, but, moving on, moving on. But do you moving know what on. I'm saying? It's like I fought against this thing that I thought, and I knew it was worth something because I grew up in that world. So I think it was more like it's not worth something for me. Like I'm right. going to be different. And by the way, like I really applaud people who never grew up in this and are doing it now. I'm like, you are a fucking badass because you haven't seen anybody close to you succeed right. on this, and you're still choosing to do it. And that's another huge hurdle. Well, mine it, was a total different hurdle. Yeah, but yours was also like an amazingly high mountain that you climbed you well know? it's funny that you said that because when we were talking about you know advantage or disadvantage of your parents being um famous i don't think the advantage was that you had famous parents what i'm jealous of is that you've been on set since you were a kid <laughs> because for me that's the scariest thing mm-hmm. is being on a set knowing what to do seeing it you know you had you got to see stuff for sure and that that was great but yeah i mean because you're right going into this blindly is whew, it's hard it's tough. i can't even it's imagine um, so when you left Brown and you got to back to New York and you were starting to take that next um, chapter in your life and started opening that chapter, um, did you did you just feel like it was right? Or were you still like, oh, my God, what am I doing? No, I did. I did a, a like a off-Broadway um, review kind of musical thing. And I had so much fun. And yeah. I was like, Oh, this is what I could oh, be doing. You know, this is my life. Totally. And then, about a year after that, I drove cross country and moved here. So I've been here for like five years. Um, I still had to get over the like not drinking hurdle. That was still really hard for me. That was a whole piece of my big, big fail, big fail. Yeah. Um, and then once I sort of was free of that, I do feel like everything unclouded a little and everything was more clear. Right. You know, when I wasn't pickled in. Vodka. Um, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I never had problems like that when I was going through stuff. Oh, wait. I owned a bar. The whole period of time is a fog. Exactly. I'm like, I wish I remembered it better, but I know it was bad. I knew that I learned a lot, but I just don't really remember why. Yeah, exactly. It was very, the specifics are whoo. But um, yeah, and then once I got out here and again, I started auditioning. But, but like, then once I got out here and I was auditioning every day, it's not like doing a re- like a review on off Broadway. Like that's just fun and you're actually just playing. Then I realized like, okay, but like you have to really work. And you know, there's a couple of interesting fail stories in there if you want to hear them. But sure. I don't know if we're like out of time. No, do it. <laughs> I'm gonna give you as much time as you okay. want. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, I got you know a couple of random things, but most of the auditions obviously I didn't get. Obviously. Um, and I didn't really have, I I always was in class, but I didn't really understand what I had to do to work on something, you know? Um, but I got this show, this pilot, um, and it was my first pilot and it was like so exciting. And, um, we went to, um, New Orleans to shoot it. I got it like a day before I left for New Orleans it was a series regular. Wow. I mean, it was like the dream. Like yeah. I, this wasn't that hard. Like I'm here. You're like, what are people talking about? <laughs> this was a breeze. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I knew it was gonna be hard, but I was like, I guess I'm like getting around it. 
Um, so I go there and we shoot the pilot and like I fall in love with everybody and it's so much fun and like we're in New Orleans for two weeks and the producers are taking us out to eat every night. Like it's just and you just feel like you magic. Made it. Right. Exactly. I'm yeah. Like, this is tight. So we wait about five months to see if it gets picked up. And, you know, we're waiting. I'm not auditioning. I'm losing my mind a little bit because I'm like, auditioning is like what I do. Right. But I'm, you know, on hold for them. And I get a call five months later that's like, that um, another actor texts the group of the actors and is like, congratulations, guys. Like, we did it. We're here. Like, whatever. Two hours later, I get a call from my agents that are like, "Um, you're fired. (gasps) (laughs) No. So they went back to the original girl that they wanted for it, and you were cast as a placeholder, according to the network. It was the Magicians, by the way. I can oh, say Magicians, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't. I'm not like mad. I don't blame them. I'm not trying. I to do. Shit on them Screw that. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> Screw the Magicians. Just kidding. No, thank God I got fired. I mean, it's yeah. just now. But again, like. Devastating. Oh, my God. Devastating. Like, dev- I was like, I did something. I was in, like, one scene in the pilot. Like, there's nothing I could have done right. wrong. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I would have gone straight for, like, the Ben and Jerry's aisle. Like, where's the ice cream? Oh, my God. I was so distraught. And it's so funny. Like, I was with the same partner that I'm with now. And I remember he sort of, like, it was amazing because he really was so there for me for about a week and just, like, so with me. And then, and then we went to dinner and he was like, okay, it's done. No, we're done. No, no more. And that's the kind of partner you need yeah. in your life. He was like, I'm over it. Like, right. it's getting exhausting. You got to get over it. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> but he was right. But I went right out and I started auditioning. And I was like, I am going to fucking kill it. Right. And then I got the lead in a movie that I was like, this is super exciting. Another indie. And again, total disaster. I didn't really know what I was doing. The director was abusive. And that was the that was when I really felt like okay like I have something's got to give like I have to figure out something that works better for me because I am too flappable like I'm too insecure I I'm too not secure in my own craft and there's right. something that I need to do to get past it I mean that's like super abridged but the the director was horrible I wasn't really prepared another actor that was super seasoned was like not didn't I felt totally lost right so I went to Leslie and just figuring out how to work on something and really being in a class that taught you something and really being like no I can do now I can do anything which is amazing, and again, I know everybody in this podcast is probably getting sick of hearing from actors. I will get other people that aren't actors on, I promise. So sorry, we're um, so boring. No, but the, she's the best, so this is great. Um, but I talk about this a lot. There are so many classes you, you can take here. There are classes everywhere, but a good class? Oh, my God. I can't even describe the difference because so many – I mean, it is trial and error for most people, and I've been to – dozens and dozens of classes where you know they make you pay up front for like a month i go to one and and you know this is a waste of my time yeah and by the way i was in class when i was feeling like i didn't know anything about acting i was in class it's not like i was ever complacent like i was trying yeah but the truth is like first of all the people at leslie work harder work so hard and being around other people that work really hard really encourages you to work hard because yeah, lights a lights a fire. Yeah, like I'm a hard worker, but I'm also a perfectionist, which is like that's the killer of creativity in a lot of ways. So you feel like if you're not perfect, you just shouldn't do it. Oh yes, which well, it's makes the, you it's a killer of 
of producing anything of doing of doing yeah, right exactly i mean that and and you know my and i talk about this a lot too this podcast is the perfect example of letting go of perfection i know listeners i know sometimes the volume goes crazy i know sometimes you can hear stuff sometimes my dog decides to you know roll around on the floor and like scratch her back i'm sorry but if i waited till everything was perfect right. i wouldn't be doing this so i just By had to get past that it you even think that that's like Imperfect is just like, I'm like, all right, you know what, get over it. (laughs) But no, if I, because the thing is, I'm also a perfectionist and I would want to wait till everything was perfect to put it out there, but then I realize it won't happen. So you just got to do it and just do the best you can. Right, exactly. And like, you know, since then, I've also worked with other people who've been amazing. And, you know, I also worked with Warner Laughlin, who's like awesome on, um, like jobs that I get, you know right. what I mean? Like private we, coaching. Yeah, because we go through like their whole life, and like especially yeah. for Thirteen Reasons Why, which is such like a dark character. That's really helpful. But you know, Leslie was like, "This is how we turn around material, and this is how we kill every audition." And like, yeah, like we're gonna do this, and like it taught me everything. I mean, I didn't even know how to. Br- I didn't know anything. Uh, see, I want to go to her so bad, but I can't afford her. So hey, listeners. <laughs> You can feel free to Patreon or, or send me Venmo some money so I can go to her because everybody I know who went to her says the same thing and they come out these like solid, confident actors. And for where my career is going, I want to be that solid, confident well, actor. We'll talk about it after because I don't want to reveal anything, but oh. I'll give you some money. Okay, yeah. So, all right. So, okay. So you have had your ups and downs and you've had your failures, but you keep going and keeping, you know, just keeping on always gets you some good results and you are having good results uh specifically 13 reasons why uh it was a huge show so popular and again when those high school kids found out that you were sky is that her name yeah sky right yeah okay i mean freaking oh, so out cute. so so excited that's gotta feel amazing mm-hmm. so tell me about how that came to be so again like everything that i've gotten is just by like going into an audition, going into a callback, going into a screen test. Like, it's just, it is the grind. Like, those stories of, like, and then I was rec- I was spotted. Like, those things just, like, don't right. happen. Right. It happened to, like, Ash and Kutcher once, and people still think it's going to exactly. happen to them. Exactly. I'm it's like, not. nah. Like, you have, to, you have to go into 400 auditions where, like, they're like, thanks, bye. Right. Or they're not even looking at or you. Or they look on their phone. I mean, I went right. to an audition, like, a couple months ago, and this guy was, like, literally on his phone. And I was like, I wanted to just be like, can we stop and can you get off your phone? Because I was like, that's so distracting. Obviously, I bombed. It's and fine. here's the difference between you and me. I would have done that. <laughs> See, I that, would have done, I'm sorry. I Was this like an on the phone kind of but thing? But at least he would have remembered you. <laughs> yeah, because I that stuff, I can't do rude. I can do a lot, but I can't do rude. Totally. And at least he would have remembered you. I left going, okay, that's, that's actually my biggest regret. I'm going to tell you right now. That's my biggest regret. Right. Not telling that fucker <laughs> to get off his phone. Get off your phone and look at me because you could just have the decency. Again, <laughs> I know that casting directors see so many people, but if you forget, if you're in the position that you're casting or you know are sitting in on a casting, you're the producer or the director or whatever, if you forget what it's like for that actor coming in, get a new job. Right. Because you're not going to be good anymore. And there are so many casting directors that are so kind. Right. And are so good. And I'm like, just get out of here, other ones. Like, Seriously. Why? Just it's, no. it's just so hard as it is. Like, we don't need that. So yeah. anyway. So, anyways, so you're doing the grind. So, you kill um, it. I went I went an audition for 13 Reasons Why. It's, you know, she's 
this super and I it was a recurring guest star couple I thought it was gonna be like it said three episodes oh it was like seven right yes it ended up being seven and there's Um, only what 13 no I'm yeah, 13. 13 yeah. Duh. <laughs> I wonder if I was title. 13. Yeah, sorry about it. Uh, no. And so I went in. Um, it was a guest star. And, you know, she's super goth and super moody and stuff, which actually is easy, an easy easy thing for me to do. Um, and I left and I forgot about it for like two months. I went into a different audition in that casting office. And Barbara took me into her office. And she was it was like two casting directors in one office. And I was going right. in for another thing. She was like, I'm sorry, Sosie. Um, what's your availability? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, sorry, we haven't cast Sky yet. And I was like, oh. And th- I had gone in months ago. Right. I was like, what do you? I, and I, I was so confused. And she's like, sorry, okay, are you free on Thursday to come back for the callback? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> random. Random. <laughs> so I, so. Then I get a call that's like, actually, we're really trying to rush on casting this role. It's going to be this chemistry read with Dylan Minnette, who plays Clay. Okay. And um, Brian Yorkie's going to be there. And, you know, the director. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they're No pressure, already, but can no you come pressure. in tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> or Thursday. So they're already, like, they're already casting, uh, shooting at this point. They've already shot, like, the first episode. So I worked on it in Leslie's class um, with Sally Pressman, who's awesome. And then the next day, I went in, and there was, like, you know, 15 girls there or whatever. It's just, you know, the normal story. Read with Dylan. I was really nervous, but, like, I kind of held it together. I'm pretty good at pretending like I'm not nervous. And um, I got it, and then it turned into seven episodes, and it was really set up as the bigger role in the second season. Right. But what actually happened is that I got another show in between. And so... It was a whole thing. Again, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to like sound like an asshole. But it was it was an awesome situation because they both sort of wanted, wanted me. And, um, you know, nobody was mad. I mean, 13 Reasons Why I was so gracious about it. They weren't like, what the hell? We, we were told here you we were. Yeah, we were here first, you know. Can, and they were super, really super cool about it. And they were like, we'll take what we can get. And we're so excited for you. And it was like really nice. That's amazing. So is this the HBO show? Yeah. So the HBO show. Now it was announced. So I'm talk about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, here now, mm-hmm. right? It's H- I think that's what I, I think they might be changing the name. But oh, whatever. Okay. So it's the upcoming HBO show, which let's face it, HBO doesn't do crap. So <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Hopefully. And it's about uh, like like multicultural family or something like about two parents that adopted three kids um and they're all from different countries and then they had one biological kid a couple years later who's me so So, you are a main character well yeah i mean it's about the family so it's a very strong ensemble everybody has yeah everybody has a really cool storyline like and ho- so it's Holly Hunter and Tim Robbins play the parents, which is just like amazing. Holly Hunter, like, are you oh kidding my God, me? Total swoon. Have you met her? What? So- I've been working with her. Oh, first- are you? You're filming already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I probably I wouldn't know what to do. No, she's I mean she's like she's legend. She's such a legend, and she is. Oh my, she's amazing. She is the hardest worker I've ever encountered in my life. Like, she cares so much to the point where you're like. So, okay, wait. So aren't they both Academy Award winners? I think um, I. Did he get one for Shawshank Redemption? I think he probably did. Okay, so 
what is that like? I mean, that's got to be a little pressure too, right? I think the first the first day that I was working with Holly, I was really nervous. I mean, she was really, really sweet and really wants to make everybody feel comfortable. And she knows, you know, if you are number one on a show, your job is not just to show up to work and say your lines well. Your job is to make everybody feel comfortable. You're yeah. the biggest star. It's you your ha- show. Yeah, you have to you make drive people. It. And you have to you have to make people feel like they belong or their work is not going to be good. Right. So it's a lot. Like I saw it with my mom. I mean, on the closer that she did so much on that, on that set to make it feel, you know, like a family, like a family. Yeah. It's it's an extra part of your job. It really is. Right. If you know, but anyways, (laughs) um, that looks like a lot. Um, And so anyways, when, you know, she's amazing and I was really nervous the first day I met with her. I worked with her, but right away it's like, you're an actor, I'm an actor, and we're actors, and we're going to do this together. And she will support you to the end. That's like, so the incredible. actor is her girl or right. guy. Like, yeah. they're on the same level. What do you need? I mean, I had this scene where I heard, I don't want to give too much away, but I heard my parents fighting, and she stayed on set three hours after she was wrapped just to scream her ass off off camera to have give me something to react to. Oh, my God. She's incredible. I mean, and she, it wasn't that's, even a question. That's called giving. Like, you yeah. don't need to do that. And no. a lot of divas wouldn't. Oh, hell no. She's not a diva. No. Yeah. She is. She's incredible. So that's just been a huge learning experience. But the other nice thing is that HBO, I'm, I'm doing some 13 Reasons Why as well. Oh, they'll let you. Yeah, so I get to do both. Oh, kinda. so you really—this is the best situation. <laughs> it That's all so. Out. Oh my god, you're, you're two shows at the same time. I know. Take I know. that, Brown University. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> to that woman that you, woman or man that you don't want to talk about, who said a bad conversation <laughs> with. Screw you. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. I'm like, whatever. I don't even care. That's so awesome. I mean, so you know, having an HBO show, you know, if it if it hits, which they hit more often than not, it. It's going to change your life for sure. I mean, I'm sure 13 Reasons Why has already started, too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're getting recognized more than you used to. Well, no, actually, the nice thing about 13 Reasons Why is that oh, I'm covered totally in the tattoos. Covered, yes. So nobody nobody recognizes me. Funny. It's crazy. And the other kids are like. I didn't even think about like, that yet. You're right. The other kids are like getting, like, like it looks stressful, especially like Dylan and Cal. I mean, all yeah. of them. But no, I'm I'm totally free of it. It's crazy. <laughs> well, if this, you know, when this HBO show goes and and you know, hits the way, I'm sure it will because it's also anticipated. People are waiting for this to come yeah. out, so that's always a good sign. You know, I have a feeling that people won't be as quick to ask you anymore about your famous parents because <laughs> you're gonna be like, "I'm hello, I hold my own, thanks a lot." <laughs> no, I'm the bacon. No, <laughs> they're the other bacon. ones. Yeah. No, but I do. I like talking about it, and I think it is like I think it's a good thing to talk about because I don't want people to think something about it that's right. not real. You know yeah. what I mean? So I like answering the question. Well, you know, you have all these great credits to already, which is amazing and and you're clearly talented. You have the best head on your shoulders, but I can't let this go without telling you that you're in one of my all-time favorite movies. What? Wishing and Hoping. Oh <laughs> I love it. Christmas can't come or and go without me watching Wishing and Hoping. Stop. That is amazing. Love I can't it. even believe that, oh. that is so, so funny. So, okay, it's this 
Lifetime movie with Molly yeah. Ringwald in it, and it's just it's like set in the sixties, I think, or fifties or sixties. I don't know. Um, if if you haven't seen it, it's it's really great. It's a great Christmas movie, and that's how I knew who you were. Actually, so, <laughs> I'm so happy that you like it because that was this movie. I was uh, I don't I think I was like 22. I'd been out of college for two years, and I I somehow got, wrangled this like little part in this movie. I don't even. I went to the audition. I mean, it was yeah. whatever. Um, and I and went the movie at, premise, by the way, it's it's like Annette Funicello from the yeah. the Musketeers, like cousins, right? Or like it's really kind of it's like her kids or I don't yeah. But I just love cousins. it. It's just so cute, and they're I they're like it. obsessed with her, and it's kind of right. like realistic because I do feel like sometimes like celebrities, like distant family, is like that's like they're huge, like it's, they're obsessed. It's great, with it. and I was a Disney kid. I loved the Mickey Mouse Club. And, like, I loved Annette Fuccello and, like, the Back to the Beach and all those old movies. So when I first saw this, I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever even heard of. Love it. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> and we shot it in these, like, little houses. And, oh, my God. It was so funny. It was super fun, though, because that was, like, the first time I was on location. And I was like, this is crazy. And you felt, like, like such a badass. You're yeah. like, yes, here I am. I have made it. But I don't even think we had, like, trailers. We were, like, literally sitting on the curb. Like, <laughs> so but, but you know, so Lifetime doesn't fun. play that like they play all the other movies. It's hard for me to find at Christmas really? time. Yeah, so you need to call someone, call Lifetime right. and say, I'm MJ get, like, says. seven DVDs for you. Yeah, I need, I need to see do you it more. Do DVD player? Probably of not. Of course I do. Okay, good. Oh, I'm old. I have it all. I still have a VHS player, okay? <laughs> no way, that's Oh, sick. I do. Yeah, because I have like all my, you know, I was a musical theater geek, so I have all of my my shows on VHS and I like to watch my skinny self from time to time and think about oh. how cute I was. <laughs> Wait, but yeah, no, I'm actually on a huge Jesus Christ Superstar kick, so I'm, I'm happy we got to talk about oh, it a little so bit. So good. I See, Jesus Christ Superstar is great. My favorite is Godspell. It's my fave. Um, but we get... I put a pebble in my shoe. <laughs> I'll, I'll start harmonizing immediately. Uh, That's no, another podcast. That too. <laughs> um, love the Jesus musicals. Well, yeah, right? They're yeah. the best. Um, so Wish and Hope, and it's great. If you guys haven't seen it, go. Um, try to find it on Lifetime at Christmas. Part. It's it, It's really, really. I have like a line. The thing is, it's really cute. And you know, you know what you're getting into when you're watching a Lifetime Christmas movie. And it's exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, but it's actually pretty good. I mean, the director and the DP were amazing, so it looks really cool also. Oh, it's it's so great. Yeah. So that just gave me, like, complete tingles. Good. And when so I saw bad. that, I was like, oh, my God. So She's going to be in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You never wash that hand. <laughs> <laughs> never. Well, you are a delight. And, again, I always say people that have the best attitudes get the farthest. And, and your attitude is incredible. So you're going to do amazing. Amazing things. And I always ask three questions, which we already did. Number one, we talked about failure and how you look at it now. Um, so the second one I just like to ask is, you know, describe your perfect day. Is it relaxing at the beach? Is it climbing a mountain, exploring a city or building a snowman? Are those the options? Yeah. You have to pick one of those okay. four. Um, climbing a mountain. Climbing a mountain. Why? I love hiking. I love being outside. That's kind of why I moved here from New York. Um, I, I really just like... Being in nature, like if I could spend all day outside, it's amazing. And also, I have a dog, and I love walking with him. And wow, that couldn't be like that's like the perfect answer. Uh, oh you God. added the dog into it. I was like, if I didn't <laughs> already love you, I love you more. Yeah, like exercise with <laughs> my dog. Yeah, you know, <laughs> love like, it. Your dog's so cute. Oh, well, okay, that's a that's a good one. If you incorporate your dog in whatever you do, it's it's a great day. Um, and then the most important question: What is your favorite theme song? Ooh, 
theme song of like a show. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so hard. Wait, hold on, hold on. I can pause if you need a Okay. If you're out on the road, feeling lonely and so cold. The Gilmore Girls. I've never seen the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> That's fine. I no, was like, oh my God, fine. there's a theme song I don't know. I actually was just shocked because I was like, wait, like, I don't oh know God, this. this is so awkward. The she, Gilmore Girls. You're like, she's Girls. singing, like, stop. No, I usually chime right in and sing too, uh, but... I have never seen the Good Morning Girls. So that's fine. It's not that okay. great. I tried to watch it the other day and I was like, oh, no, no. no. <laughs> Didn't they just come back with more seasons? I think seasons? so, yeah. I mean, people I love it. Talk, I don't mean to talk badly about it. I mean, I loved it when I was younger, but I, it doesn't quite hold up. But that song, song, I just love it so much. Well, it's <laughs> All whole... you gotta do is call my name. Yeah, just, Ooh, watch, just listen, listen to it. All right, well, we will we will leave it for our listeners today to to, to send off their week with little Gilmore girls. Yeah, exactly. And thank you so again, much. Thank so you so much, much for coming. You are great, and I can't wait to see all the stuff that's happening to you. It's going to be no, amazing. No, you too. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, make sure to hit subscribe and rate, review us, and follow along on social media at LLTF the podcast. I absolutely love getting to this podcast. It is so much fun and want to be able to continue doing it for a long time to come. But it takes a lot of time and money, and that's where you come in. If you think you'd like to donate, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash LLTFthepodcast, or you can donate via Venmo at LLTFthepodcast.